It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Hey, it's a Thursday, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Here we are, same crew as Tuesday. Back, yeah. uh, we'll be doing uh, Browns defensive uh, projections from Mike Clay again. Uh, we've got Mikey McNuggets here. He's going to give us uh, buy, buy, not buy, sell. Uh, what is it again? Keep cut, cut, cut trade. Keep, keep cut, cut trade. trade. We love that segment. We're doing a basketball version. Mm-hmm. We got our faces for the defensive projections yes, there. Indeed. We'll do that again. We'll get to the Guardians later. We'll get to some Cavs possible transactions later. But first, we got to talk about cell phones because I'm like, I was just telling these guys right before we went on air, I, I got a new cell phone, right? And I'm all excited because when you get the new cell phone, the battery life is fantastic, yeah. mm-hmm. at least for the first couple of weeks, right? I'm seeing how long I can go unplugged with until 20%. That's when I plug it in. But I, so there's my new phone, right? Yep. I have had it unplugged now for 51 straight hours. Well, and I'm still at 31% battery life. Well, and I use it a lot. Except here's the funny thing. And Jason, get you a case. 10 a.m. I'm it's getting it's a 11 case. a.m. and I'm plugged in and charging. I know. I, didn't, I, I ordered my case. It's coming today. But uh, Jason's charging his phone already at 10 a.m. Now, he, Jason probably uses his phone more than I do. But I use it a lot. But you made the point that you got the shakes when you didn't have it recently. Oh, it's it's we've reached the point in society where yeah. you, it's like you feel like you're naked when you don't have your phone. When I go, the only time I don't have my phone with me is when I go to Little League games. I leave it at home. And I, last night I said to my assistant coach, he's, I was like, "Yeah, I don't have my phone with me." He's like, "Really? How do you not have your phone?" Like he couldn't believe it. He was yeah. stunned yeah. that I didn't have my phone. And I think like we lived, you know, people our age, we lived. A lot of our life, 30, 20, with 20 no years, phones. twenty years. Hey, you know, you know, so crazy. Somebody was trying to make the argument. Like, there's, there's a bunch of kids. That you, there's a Twitter account that tweets this stuff out. The most interactions and the fights between uh, students and teachers happen because of teachers taking their cell phones. Cell phones. Yeah. And somebody said, like, a teacher should not be able to uh, take their cell phones because. A cell phone is a is a necessity or a lifeline. Like you have personal information in there, you yeah. have your your parents need to get a hold of you. It's basically phones are like it's like somebody taking your wallet now. Yeah, you but take, it's crazy because I, when we were kids, like I remember, I would just be out all day. My parents had no idea no where I was. No, no it's we cr- would never do it's that. It's also now. a totally different world than, yeah, than what is. we lived in but then. Is it, or do we just know more about what's going on? I think is it actually different, yeah, or did we is. just not know well, what we talked about? That's, a, good question. that's, a, that's I think, a very good question. It's funny you mentioned that about the phones at school because yeah. my oldest, I went crazy because I got really mad when the teacher, when my oldest son was in school, told him put his phone away when he was texting with me. Yeah, and like try to take his phone. I'm like. I'm dad. I pay the bill. If right. I'm texting him during school hours, yeah. so there's a very good reason right. Right. why I'm texting him. You don't take my kid's phone if it's if it's his friend. Take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he tells you I'm texting my dad, you be quiet and turn around and go back to the board and I continue agree with teaching. That. I do too. I was hot. now. I was kid, hot. A kid could lie. He could. He a could. Kid sure. could lie. Not maybe not your kid. I mean, if, if you in high school, like I, you just would hope. That by the way, in uh, in Japan and in, in other countries, Asian countries, they have their phones and it's no problem because it's just like you're an adult. Like, okay, I got my phone. Like, we have phones now. You, I don't think you would take a call in the middle of the show. But if it was something that was important enough, well, we have. Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, I talked to a bill collector on the show, right? Like, yeah. so, I talked like, to my wife, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so that's kind of crazy how you know phones have evolved. And just think about it. You used to if you if you wanted to call somebody, it was a shot in the dark. You had to hope that they was at home 
at the right time, and then they pick the phone up and then like or answering machines. That blows my Before mind. answering machines, you really had you could call them all day and not get a hold of them. That's crazy. Yeah. And now we're at the point watches. Remember Knight Rider when yeah. Michael Knight would talk, Kit, come get me. I know. And we thought how crazy that was. <laughs> yeah, the now you got it. I can pay for a meal on this watch. Bro, I can make a call on it. It's incredible. I, I just got my son an Apple Watch mm-hmm. for his birthday. Yeah. And the, the other day, I was like, he was playing with his friend, and I'm like, oh, we got, I got to go find him outside to tell him. But I'm like, oh, no, no, no just call him on his watch. Yeah, <laughs> we, have that, we have that for our and kids. And he can only talk to me and his grandparents and a couple other people. We have those it. for our kids. Is yeah, the yeah. GPS in there? You right. see where they, you know are. Where they are. I can text them at so, school. Yeah. You can't call nobody on these watches. No, these watches are different. No, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to call nobody. Yeah. All right, enough phone talk. We, we're all obsessed with phones. Let's get to, to baseball. To, well, not baseball, but betting talk, which is mostly baseball with me. Mm-hmm. And I lost yesterday. The Red Sox crapped the bed. Yeah, I actually put a, a free bet I had from MGM on that bowl. So thank you. Thanks, for, bowl. For not winning me money there. But I'm going to ride with you today. You have two bets, and they're both brought to us, as always, by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Yeah. This is the Good place to be. Good job mentioning another sportsbook during uh, this. Uh, yes. Well, yes. Well done, Mike. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Way to produce. Well, <laughs> hey, Bet Rivers didn't give me the free bet yesterday. But they will probably today because now I mention it and they usually hook me up when I do. So, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for every single game. Right now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers Sportsbook because when you use deposit code SPORTS, you receive a second chance bet up to $500. Get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like baseball, hockey, basketball to help you win big. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. All right, I got two podcasts I wanted to promote. Yesterday's podcast, you can still listen to that, obviously, where I talk about ways to make the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball better. None of these things will happen, except for maybe the NFL suggestion, but would all would make all three of these sports significantly better than they already are, and they're already good. Do you take my suggestion to cut the playoffs in half for the NBA? I, that was, yes. That was, That's how you do it. Yeah, that That's was how you it. make it matter. Uh, no doubt, the NBA would be so regular season would now have meaning. Absolutely, it would just change, and they'll never do it. Never do it. Never, no, never going to happen. Also, on today's podcast, which will be out some point in the next hour, I interviewed Hall of Famer Rick Barry, who not only did a great job breaking down the playoffs, but uh, he hates people that can't make free throws. He, he it sickens him. <laughs> he gets he's still mad that Shaq never shot the underhanded free yeah. throws just because it would look stupid. Yeah. He said Shaq he could have made Shaq an eighty percent free throw shooter. Could you imagine how what the number Shaq would have put what, up? What do you eight? What do you do if he's an eighty percent free throw shooter? What do you do? Impossible. He would have been a, like the literally hack, impossible. The hack stop. of Shaq goes away. You goes know, away. that's so funny. I had to go back and check. Like this is weird. Like about I'll say about a month ago, I go back periodically and just get into the YouTube time machine just to yeah. like refresh myself on how good people used to be. Man, in Richard Jefferson, which you you talked about him being a good media dude. He, Richard Jefferson says. Hey, no disrespect to anybody doing it now, but Shaq was Shaq was a problem. He's unstoppable. He said, "Yo, go back and watch when he was playing against us in the Nets." He said, "Shaq was there was nothing." Right, but the fouling—that was the only thing. That was only the free throws. If he was in them free throws, but he was in bad. He was too. Guys are too prideful to shoot them underhanded because they think it looks embarrassing. It wouldn't have been embarrassing if he was making eighty percent. He should have done it. He should have tried it. He should have tried it. But anyway, so check out that interview with Rick Barry. It'll be out some point today. Uh, for the bet, I lost yesterday, first loss of the week. I got two for you today. The Cubs minus 117 against the Mets. I think it's the first time I picked my the Cubs all year, and here's why I like them. First of all, the Mets are playing lousy baseball. Now, the Cubs were not playing particularly good baseball either, but they've gotten hot with the bats in this series. Number two, the anomaly that is Kyle Hendricks. He's coming off the injured list to pitch this game against the Mets. In this modern Major League Baseball, Kyle Hendricks is a unicorn because he does what everybody else doesn't do, and that's he's a control pitcher who doesn't throw hard. And the Mets team is a feast or famine team. They're a bunch of sluggers. They're, they're not good, They and, and you, it's hard to homer off Hendricks. Now, it is a little risky because he's coming off the injury list and hasn't pitched in almost a year, but he's fresh. He's gotten some good rehab starts. He's gotten better every time, so I like the Cubs today. And then... The safe bet is always betting against Oakland. Uh, you got to bet them on the run line because they're too big a favorite straight up. But at, at minus one and a half runs, they're only minus 108. So it's basically even money if you bet them with a run and a half. Logan Gilbert pitching for the Mariners. He's very good. It's irrelevant who's pitching for the A's because they all suck. <laughs> it's the worst team I've ever seen. I said they would break the 62 Mets record. They're on pace to do it. 
And remember, that was an expansion team. Mm -hmm. They are 10 and 41, the A's. 10 and 41. Remarkable. Uh, Mariners win by a number of runs tonight. So there you go. All right. Let's get to some football talk, Mike. What do we got? Yes, we do. So Browns open up OTAs. Yeah. Now, granted, and I want to preface everything with this. These are currently voluntary OTAs. Voluntary. No need to preface that. We all know that. 86 of the 90 players currently on the Browns roster showed up for day one of OTAs. Yeah. The four guys absent, you can take tag board full, Steve. Joel Petonio, Nick Chubb, David Njoku, and Miles Garrett. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that these four as a whole or any one of these four in particular is not there for voluntary OTAs? Guys, for me, it's a no deal. I don't care at all. Um, If it was a guy who was coming off a significant injury, maybe, or it was a young player. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Maybe I'd care a little bit. Would I rather them be there than not? Sure. If If I had to choose, I'd rather the guys be there. But to me, it's no big deal. These are all veteran players. I guess if you cared about anybody, it might be Njoku. It's a little weird to me that Nick Chubb is not there because I feel like he's always at these things. But in the end, I don't care. It's a zero deal for me. Um, Dundada, zero, nothing burger, Minimoski at the minus, bro. Like, don't, like you talk about three of these dudes as borderline Hall of Famers. You, you got Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Joe Batonio. I'm not worried about them in the least. Actually, to be truthful, they earned it. If I was Kevin Stefanski, I would come out and say, listen, you know what I told him? Uh, yeah, coach, we're missing uh, Njoku, and, and we're missing uh, Batonio and Miles Garrett and Chubb. <laughs> no, I told him to stay home. They deserve it. Uh, we got enough young guys that we need to take a look at. And, and you know what? We're going to get an opportunity to see some good defensive ends. There's a position for running back that's op- available. Jerome Ford, I-, I like to see what you're talking about. Hey, hey, listen, uh, uh, Dewan Jones. We've got a lot of different Nick Harris, man. Let me see some of these new dudes. I don't even care if they'll come to the next one. Like I know what they're going to bring to the table. I'm a little surprised by you guys. Mm. I think this is a little bit of a deal. And listen, I don't want to go crazy because when we, we had a raging debate in this town for years over OTAs with Odell and Odell oh, was missing yes. them. Yeah. And I was in your guys camp of yeah. this is a nothing burger. Like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. But that was a receiver, and that was a little different. I don't care about Petonio. I th- Personally, I think Petonio is following the J.C. Treader boycott. Petonio and Treader are still very good friends. Treader was president of the Players' Union and pushing, pushing, pushing. If you recall, these are not necessary. It's risk of injury. I yeah. think Petonio is falling in line with this guy. Fine, whatever. You're a guard. Yeah. Njoku, whatever. Chubb, I think it's maybe tied to the contract. This could be his last year in Cleveland. We don't yeah. need to get into that so now. So, Miles Garrett is the one. Miles Garrett. Why? Because of the new players on the D-line? If you want to be a leader on this team, if you're a franchise pillar, you need to be at this. And it's a new defensive coordinator. It's a new scheme. There's a lot at stake this year. There's a lot of jobs at stake. Your future of your career is at stake. Because if this thing goes sideways, who knows where this goes? Like, this is a really important season and a really important offseason. And if you want to carry yourself as a pillar of this franchise and as a leader of this franchise, set the tone. What would we be saying if Deshaun Watson was not at OTAs? What would you say? Yeah, I'd have a different feeling about it. You'd have a different feeling. Well, Miles Garrett's the quarterback of the defense, and if he's going to be the face of the defense and he's the leader, he needs to be at these. And listen, there's a lot of OTAs, and in the past, he's been at some of these, and he's missed some of these. This is the day that's open to the media. Come on, show up. And maybe there's going to be others in the future. Maybe he'll be there next week. Right. But it's not asking a lot, and I think because of the position you play and the role you hold on this team – this is different. This is different than Nick Chubb, even Chubb. This is certainly different than Joel Batonio. It's different than Odell back in the day. You're the, you're the face of the franchise, one of the faces of the franchise. You need to be at these. And I, I'm not going to yeah. say it's a big deal, 
but it rubbed me the wrong way that Miles was on, on a scale of one to ten. What, what, what's the deal to you? Five, four, five, and it's it's just a, it's the little things, yeah. right? It's it's the it's the little things about Miles that this is another one of those where it's like he's such an imposing figure and he's so dominant, and you just feel like, man, you just feel like there's a gear, there's just something more that you could get, and this falls into that category for me of like, man. Just be there. Just show up. Why not? Just show up. If you're going to be the face of the franchise, then be the face of the franchise and show up. We've talked about, um, I think you make some fair points. We, we, we talk about Miles Garrett, as great as he's been, having that one more gear that mm-hmm. only a few players can get to, that mm-hmm. he can, or at least mm-hmm. we think he can, and he hasn't. And everything is set for the first time in his career. He's in a perfect position to to reach that set, that final level, if you will, because the talent around him is the best it's been. The defensive coordinator is the best he's had. The help and, around him. He has right. depth now. He doesn't have to be in for 80% of the right. snaps. It, it, it's there. In the, grand, in the, in the big picture, um, I, I think, you know, if he's – he might even be there today. Who knows? I mean, right. I don't know what the plan is. Right. If he's at the rest of the offseason work and he's healthy for training camp, yeah, we'll look back. Who cares? It wasn't a big deal. But – yeah, to, to some small degree, I, I, I think it's a fair point with him specifically. Especially uh, the fact it's a new system, it's a new scheme. Yeah. Like, these are – and Kevin's and, new, and it's all, all new defensive line. He's playing with different guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kevin has talked at length in years past about the importance of this, of this stuff and they, how they didn't have it during the COVID years. And then they didn't have it because everyone followed Treader's lead and nobody showed up. And these are really important times – uh, and it may not seem like a big deal in September, but these are still important practices. And it, again, I don't care about Batonio. I don't care about Chubb. I, I, I don't care about Njoku, whatever. But Miles is different. He holds a different position on this team, a different importance to this team. I think especially on the day when the media is there and the cameras are there and it's going to be talked about, you need to be there. I think, I think, I think one thing that we got to understand too is he was coming off injury. He did get hurt in a Pro Bowl. He did what he did, dislocated his toe or something. Yeah. Um, not to say that that's like a major injury or anything. I just I just think for Miles Garrett, um, you know, this happens a lot. I kind of compare Miles Garrett a little bit um, to guys like Wilt Chamberlain and, and even to a certain extent, um, LeBron James, in that they are so much physically gifted as far as his traits. Like, what he can do on the field. He he's faster than everybody. He's bigger. He's stronger. He he bends in ways that nobody a man that size should not be able to bend. And he got in a car accident, destroyed the car, and he got out like nothing happened. Like almost. Like you gotta think about it. It's his fault. That yes. Happened. But but that yeah. just goes to sh- physically, it's almost to a point where we'd be feeling like He's indestructible. Like this, this yeah. is my Miles Garrett is some sort of mutant. Like he's like yeah. a, a X Men or something. But so, I think I think that Jason's point is it doesn't even matter necessarily if he practices. Yeah, it's just be there. If you mentioned presence. LeBron, you mentioned LeBron. Yeah. If the NBA had OTAs, you think LeBron would be there? Probably. I can tell you one million percent. Probably. He probably would be not. there. He would be there. Now it's a different sport. Yeah. But Miles carries himself as LeBron of right, the Browns. Right. He and thinks I, he's LeBron of the Browns, so then act like it. And I don't know about you guys, but like. G, you said that those three guys, well, forget Njoku, because he's not as important to the team as the other guys. Betonio, Chubb, and Miles Garrett uh, have been the three best Browns, right? They're mm-hmm. all guys who could be in the Hall of Fame someday. Mm-hmm. For me, and, and I'll admit, I don't know this to be 100% true. This is just my feeling on the situation. It may be totally unfair. And maybe it's because Miles Garrett is the freakiest of freaks that I feel this way. But in my mind, Joel Batonio and Nick Chubb do everything they possibly can to be the greatest player they can possibly be. And for me, Miles Garrett, like those guys do 100. And to me, Miles does 95. Now, that may be completely unfair. That's just how it feels to me. I, it's just an impression. I, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like, so the, the thing with Miles Garrett is, kind of going back to what I was saying, he's so, he's so good. That sometimes you diminish just that may the, be. It the may be. level that like people compare him to TJ Watt, right? Yeah. And as a pure pass rusher, skill for skill, pound for pound, 
it's not even close like that as far as physical traits. He's not, you might look at Micah Parsons, right? That's the closest I can say that's like in the same area. But even with Miles Garrett, is he's bigger than Micah Parsons. Yeah. And he moves the same way. Sometimes I think that when we look at those numbers and he put them numbers up so, so many times in a row, like he's giving you 12 to 17 every year. Think about how many other guys opposite him, right? Couldn't get to 10. Look how many people can't get to 10 or 9. Jadavion Clowney was the number one pick overall. He has some of the same physical gifts. To get 16 sacks is not easy. Now, if he wants to be known as the Aaron Donald and he's told us he wants to go to a new level, then it is, it is, it's not that much to, to ask for. And it is, it is relatively fair to say, if you want to be that, right. we need to see you in the tackles for loss. And I've been critical of that as well. What are you doing in the run game? Tackles for loss, different things like that. But sometimes I do think Miles Garrett gets, gets a, we're a little more harder on him because, yeah. because he's that physically gifted and he's more physically gifted and more is expected of him. Yeah, right. So that's just, that's just what it is. Can he get to another level? Yeah, I think he, he needs can. to. He needs to. He, he needs to. And he, he there's more depth and more talent around him to yeah. where you would think that he would he he won't wear down. Yeah. You know, they've asked so much of him in terms of the number of snaps that he's played that hopefully they can scale that back a little bit this year. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Miles and, and Ogajobi were over like ninety percent of snaps. That's outrageous for a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's if, if they can get that down to the seventy-five percent level with Miles yeah, this they year, be even better. That will hopefully sustain him a little bit longer and give him a little bit more right. stamina. In and the long he's run. had, you know, as indestruct- indestructible as he seems, he has been banged up. He's played through most of it, yep. but he's been banged up and over I, the years, I, and it's affected his play. I times. give him. I give him. I know. I just roughed him up a little bit. Yeah. I give him so much credit because he let them down with the car accident last year. He let them down, yeah. but he knew it and yep. he sucked it up. Yeah. And, he on, played through and it. I watched him not even be able to get his shirt on after games. I watched yeah. him need help because he couldn't raise his arm and get his shirt on after games. And he was still out there. And I give him full credit for that yeah. for fighting through when you did it to yourself and you know, you did it to yourself. So you did everything you could to not let your team down a second time and play through it as much as you could. Full credit for that. Yeah. Uh, what I do love is that Miles Garrett was not there and Zadarius Smith was very vocal. Yeah, he, he even there. spoke to the media he, and we had Matthew Collar on last week and said yeah. all of last year. He spoke to the media Once. twice wow. Two and twice and right. he already spoke to the Cleveland yeah. media and yeah. then Dalvin Tomlinson was out there looking very large. Hey, listen, Dalvin. I had to go back in this. I had to look man. That's what I this is Jason. You said it. This is why when people talk about it and they say, you know, I got my Kool-Aid skits. I do the Duke and knee jerk. Mm-hmm. My knees is out today. We might have to shake them a little bit today, too, but pound for pound. Let's not act like they don't have thoroughbreds up front. Mm. They have some nice pieces and parts up front. And I get excited as a defensive lineman because I'm seeing all of these skill sets, man. I had to go back and and go look at Maurice Hurst from Michigan. Maurice Hurst at Michigan was dominant. And he was good with the Niners. He was good with the 49ers. So, you know, not saying all these guys are going to come in and, and be some sort of uh, Aaron Donald clones. But the great thing about it is, yes, Miles Garrett wasn't there. But think about if Miles Garrett wasn't there and we had the same roster that we had last year. You'd yeah. be losing your mind. Like, like now you got all these guys, Oboe. I'm glad these guys are going to get an opportunity to show what they can really do. And I'm interested in seeing some of these, some of these, yeah. these guys and what they can bring to hey, the table. The bottom line is we all love and respect Miles Garrett. He's a great player. But when you're that talented and you've been that productive and he's been very productive, we, the expectations for him are, are, couldn't possibly be higher. And so maybe that's a little unfair, but I I mean, that's what I would want if I were playing. It comes with the salary he's making. Yeah, it comes with the salary. It comes with the status. It comes with the number one pick. Yeah, it comes with wanting to be the great want to go to Hall of Fame. He talks every year about wants. wanting to be the defensive player of the year. Well, well let's go. Go this, get it. This is what this yeah. is what comes with that. It's set up for him to win it this year. If Absolutely. You, if you get 20 sacks, Miles Garrett, hey, bro, you don't never got to show up again. <laughs> Give me 20 sacks this year. Yeah, we don't and, need, yeah. And a strip sack against uh, Josh Allen in the divisional round to seal the deal, and you ain't never got to show up. I, look, I'm, I'm, yeah. There's I'm, so much on the line this year. Yeah. Yeah, There's no doubt. so much at Everything. Stake. Everything. Everybody's job. All right, Mikey, let's, let's get the faces going now. 
Yep, let's get the faces going. We're gonna move on to our defensive projections for the yeah, Browns speaking of Miles the upcoming Garrett. season. Speaking of by ESPN's Mike Clay. But first, this segment's brought to us by Lorain County Community College. Your classes, your future. Register now for summer and fall classes. You can learn more at LorainCCC.edu. And with that, are your faces ready? Uh, We're yes. making a little slight change from Tuesday, though. On Tuesday, we did reasonable or unreasonable. Today. Yeah. We're going to do happy face if you believe player X will have a better season than ESPN's Mike Clay's projecting, and sad face if you believe it will be a worse season than ESPN's Mike Clay is projecting. So we got a bunch of defensive players, a bunch of stats. There's one, two, three, four, five. We got over a dozen. I think we got 13 of these. So we'll go through them pretty quickly. We got plenty to get to, but we start with the player we have been talking about for the last 10 minutes, okay. Miles Garrett. According to ESPN's Mike Clay projection, Miles Garrett will play close to 900 snaps, have 61 tackles and 13 sacks. And before you ask, G, he did not predict tackles for loss, forced fumbles. These were the only projections okay. for certain stats. How many tackles did Miles Garrett have last year? Do you know? 60. So that's a decent amount. I say he does better because he better do better than that. I want more. Than it's so funny because for most players, again, most players, 13 sacks would be a hell of a season. But Miles <laughs> Garrett, that's not good enough. That's not defensive player of the year. No, I want 20 sacks. I want at least 17 minimum. He's got I, to average a sack. A I, game, I, I, I was thinking, I was thinking 18, 18, 18. I like that. 13 is way too low. 61 tackles is low. He's going to do better than that. If, if, if that'd be a disappointment, those numbers. And, and, and by the way, they yeah. got other pass rushers, so you can go ahead. And, and, and he probably factored that in yeah. that some of these they'll cannibalize each other yeah. and some of these other guys will take right. away his numbers. But, but but you know what? It shouldn't. Their their sack totals should just go up as a team, right. way up because right. they had nobody. And they had nobody last yeah. year. Or because they stop you on on second down that they have now more third and longs that you have to go for instead of being right. second and medium, right? Like you, you got guys up there stopping the run, so right. now they have to throw. But yeah, thirteen is uh that that gets you Pro Bowl or something, but we, yeah. we that's not what we're looking for. No, and and you know, listen, you're playing in the AFC. There's a lot of teams that are throwing the ball. The AFC in general, you know, in general, the NFL, but especially in the AFC with all these big time quarterbacks that you're facing in 12 to 17 games against AFC teams. Now the Steelers or Ravens tend to run. I get that, but. It was interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this. This uh, quote. Did you see the quote from anybody? See the quote from Lamar Jackson yesterday? I did. He talked about Todd Munkin, who is the new Ravens offensive coordinator. He expects to be running a lot less this year. I don't remember the exact quote, exactly what he said word for word, but basically it was, "I don't expect to run." Well, good. We'll take that. And (laughs) now, I I think the truth is, we all know that your instincts are your instincts. So if Lamar, if the play breaks down, Lamar's going to run. Right. Hey, Lamar. Most quarterbacks look to throw, get out of the pocket, and throw. Lamar gets out of the pocket and runs. However. The way he's talking, it would make sense, and you don't want him running as much because even though he's great at it, you're going to get hurt eventually. And so I would think there'll be a lot less designed runs for Lamar in this new offense with the new OC, but he's still going to play breaks down. I'm out of here. We're still going to see that. I heard this story before. We hear it every year. Every single year, people tell you the mobile quarterbacks ain't going to be running. This is the RG3 story. But he's another level. Okay, so um, RG3. So, um, Lamar Jackson has obviously the most rushing yards from a quarterback through five years. All right, mm-hmm. Cam Newton is second. Mm-hmm. How many more yards, roughly, do you think Lamar has rushing than Cam Newton through five years? Through the first five years of his career? 500. Maybe 1,400. You almost nailed it. 13 and change. Wow. I mean, think about that. Wow. More than the second guy. He ran more he ran more than Michael Vick ever ran. Yeah, that's about 275 yards more off. per season. But what, most quarterbacks don't even run for 275 yards in a season. So even so this this sounds crazy because I spent all offseason yeah. be like they need to give Lamar Jackson his money. Yeah. Uh but here's the problem. When RG3 did the same thing, see when you when you have design runs and then you can do other things off of it like play action you get wide open looks like if he wants to come out here and just sit back and go through his progressions. Yeah, that's not his strong. No, suit. no, no. Now he's a better thrower. He's, than a, he's a better thrower, but but it's hard sometimes like like people people when they hit you up with. Yeah, I'm gonna be a, a, a drop back quarterback. No, he can't be that. 
that that's I, more difficult than people understand. They could throw it. I think they'll throw it, uh, run it a little less, yeah. but not like a huge difference. I, I don't buy that. But anyway, so in the end, there's going to be a lot of passing. It's a passing league. There'll be plenty more sacks this year. That better be, or the Browns are in trouble. Go ahead, Mikey. Number two. Next up is Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett's now Stop. counterpart on the other end of the defensive line. According to Mike Clay, he'll play about 70% of the snaps, 43 tackles, and eight and a half sacks. I, can I do neutral? Yeah, I, I mean, was just going to say, I think yeah. that's what do we do for right I think on. it's like about exactly what he's going to do. I don't think it's going to be better or worse. Like, I could see him with I'd one more sack. Up. or Yeah, I'm going to do that same as Jason. I'm going even. I think that's basically what he's going to do. You I think it's going to be better? I don't believe you. Oh, here we go. I mean, eight and a half G's, sacks. G's going to have uh -oh, 78 sacks. Uh -oh. Dude, eight and a half sacks for your number two guy is really good. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I, mean, I can see him with nine. I can see him with ten. I can see him with eight. Seven. You know. Six and a half, yeah. seven even. Ooh, he got that Somewhere number. in there. He's going to have a single digit out there. I saw him talking. Here My we knees go. are shaking low key. Listen, Zadarius. going to have 75 sacks on this Browns defense <laughs> by the time this segment is You know what it is. I got him. I got him at 11 and a half. Okay. 11 and a half sacks, and you know why? So we're up to 30. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But listen, we ain't even got to the backup yet. <laughs> Obo, you ain't even got to him yet. This right, 11 and a half with that 18 for Miles Garrett. Listen, we're not even going to use him like that, man. I was in the lab the other day, and I'm going to give it up to him. Mike Pettin. I was in the lab looking on the internet. Mike Pettin did something. He had him in a, what was called the rover position. And so, with, it, by the way, Schwartz, if you're listening to this, go ahead and implement. You feel free, because Zadarius Smith <laughs> says, "Do you like? Do you like to do, to uh, rush in the middle?" He says, "I'm not going to tell you too much. I can't give everything away." But Mike Pettin for the Green Bay Packers put him in a position called a rover. In the rover position, you line up anywhere you want mm. and you can take any gap you want. No responsibilities as far as contain, no responsibilities as far as you need to line up at. Yeah. And they put him in that position and he picks the guy and yeah. does whatever he wants. And they make it right on the back yeah. end. He was he he was dominant. He would just pick out the center and be yeah. like, hey, I'm going to stand up over you. I just think that I actually think Mike Clay's projection of his playing time is a little high because I think at his age, and with the, with having Oboe on the team, I thought that too. I think he'll play a little less than that. I, uh, I think 60, they're going to want to keep him fresh. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think he's in the sixty percent, which which is why I think eight and a half sacks, with somewhere near there, is is pretty is good. Like, yeah, I'd maybe he gets ten sacks. That would be great. But but let, let's be clear. I just yeah. want to say one more thing. For him giving eight and a half sacks, and only it's playing seventy percent of the snaps. I agree with what he was saying there. In, in one respect, he has injury issues. He yeah. had the knee last year. Right. He had the back before. Right. And so, that's why I'd play him less. You you know, you signed yeah. Obo, you gave yeah. him good money. I'd play him less, keep him fresher. Go ahead, Mikey. Obo's next, and this one I think we're uh, we're gonna disagree with. I don't think you guys are gonna like Mike Clay's projection for Obo Quankro. Forty three percent of the snaps, forty two no. tackles and three and a half sacks. No, I don't agree with that. Come on, man. That feels super low to me. G, G Bush G Bush can follow in three three sacks. I could jump on a pile real quick. Nah, no, no one on the Browns fell into three sacks last year. Let's be careful about saying anyone can do that because literally no one besides Miles Garrett. No, I, I'm expecting much more than that. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm expecting oh, him to play a lot. Yeah. I think he's going to play Young OG, yeah. 50, 60, close to 60% of the snaps, maybe a, even higher. In a lot. It, and by the way, you got to understand, there he will be in on all third downs. I, I got him with six to seven I sacks. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Seven. Like, he, seven. He, I, I, I like that seven range. I'm not going to get greedy. Eight sacks is a lot. I got him at seven and a half sacks. Seven and a half is respectable. You got to think about it. They're going to run a Greyhound package where you're going to have Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett. I think they'll stand up a lot. I think Oboe will be in that mix. Dalvin Tomlinson may be a Maurice Hurst if he can get him himself together. I believe that they're going to have multiple defensive ends on the field on third down, and you can't run away from everybody. So he's going to get a lot of sacks just because yeah. you can't, you, you just can't run away from Miles Garrett and Zedaria Smith. 
What do you say, Jason? I have Garrett up to 37 sacks now. Yeah. For the there, Browns. there we go. How, Mike, how, how we have the counter going. Look, Count we have the how many Bush sacks? Counter going. <laughs> how many sacks did the Browns have as a team last year? Can you look that up real quick? Yeah, give me one sec. But it was, because I got I take got, Miles' number and add three right. or four. <laughs> well, there's a, a bunch of guys had like one or one and a half. Um, but uh, like I'm expecting Miles Garrett to have. I they had 34 sacks last year. They had 34 as a team. I got 37 I between think, the three ends. And, but I'm, I'm expecting those three guys to get at least 34 between them. That's, yes. I don't think that's too much. If you had 18 for Miles, say nine for Zedarius is 27, and then seven for Oboe, that's 34 right there. I don't think that's unreasonable. No. It's high but not unreasonable. No. I, I'm expecting from those three guys 30 to 35, somewhere in that range. And – and so that's just from the ends. Last year they got that from the whole team. Yeah. Well, d- tackles is where we head next. Yeah. And G. Bush, we are keeping a tracker of how yes. many sacks you are projecting here. Yeah, here we go. We're not going through every defensive end. We won't go through every defensive tackle, but we will go through Dalvin Tomlinson. According to ESPN's Mike Clay, he'll play about 65% of the snaps, near 50 tackles, and three sacks. And I see Jason giving us the Dumbo ears, which means he means he thinks Mike Clay is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty spot accurate. On I was thinking that. in my head three before the before Ooh. the graphic went up. Yeah, I was three. I was, I'm, I'm with three. Uh, he not gonna get all that. Like I'm not gonna have him looking crazy at, at seven sacks for D tackle. I actually got him a little higher than this because I think he's gonna play more. More what percentage of the time? So he bases it off a thousand snaps. So okay. Sixty-five-ish percent of snaps. I, I think he plays a little more than that, and I got him with four and a half sacks. I, you, that that was where I, but my knees was already shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was really, I'm gonna be over there really doing the most with my knees. Um, Not significantly different than what they got, but I got him a little higher than than Mike Clay's prediction. If they give projection. you, if they give him four and a half. Yeah. You're even. I'm even. I'm even. I'm pushing on that. Even Steven, I'm a little higher. Okay. All right, next up. It's hard for me to grade tackles. I'm really just looking at it the sacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's tough. And these are, once again, these are straight projections from a fantasy football guy, but gives us something to talk about. Yeah. And it is, his number and his uh, his model, it's pretty in-depth. Like, this isn't just Yeah, no, no, he's wall, not just so. throwing out random yeah. numbers. Mike's really good. Next up, Jordan Elliott plays 56% of snaps. 33 tackles, two and a half sacks. He had three last year. I'm not a Jordan Elliott. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement. I don't yeah. even think we're he, all loose. He might not even be on the team. I think he's on the team, but I think he plays less than I'm, that. I'm not expecting much 50, out of him. How many percentage of the snaps he going to play? 56. It's out of 1,000. So just I, See, time. I don't want him to be the starter. I want one of these other guys they he brought will. in to emerge. He might be the starter, actually. No, he might. He might I be mean, next to t- that next second to defensive tackle starting spot is up for grabs. Yeah, it yes, is. it is. It's it's who, who's going to get who's gonna, hopefully hopefully somebody earns it instead of well they all suck. So I got to pick someone. I am not like I can't like I you know Jordan Elliott is my is my version of JOK to to Dequell. Well, yeah, like this guy. I mean his grade he'd be in the forties, the thirties. He He's just not. Good. I got him with the uh, under forty percent of the snaps, and I have him with a uh, half a sack. <laughs> How many sacks did he have last year? Did he have? He had three. He was one of the, no. Oh, he wait. had two and a half. Two no, and half. Taven Bryan had three. Wow, higher than I thought. Mm. I can't believe they could have Actually, I lied. Jordan Elliott had two. I gave, two. Him, a, I gave uh, him a half. Gave him a half. I, got a, I got him with, with just a half a sack. Can you – Can you? that's almost – has somebody ever did something so egregious, even though they made up for you, you go back and be like, how st- – I can't believe you did that. The fact that they got Taven Bryan and Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai and was rotating them boys out there. It, 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 yes, Andrew Barry, you made up for your, your, your mistakes. But I'm still like look, – I'm looking at you side well, like – Let's wait and see. Yeah. We think he made on up paper for this. <coughs> on paper. On paper. We yeah. think he's covered it. All right, next. Next up, the rookie defensive tackle, the big kahuna, Siaki Ika. 21% of snaps, 16 tackles, one sack. Thoughts? Tough to really grade uh, this one. I but. mean, that's yeah. neutral. I mean, I, who the hell knows? I had yeah. him down at .5. Gee, so you're at 41 sacks now. .5. Uh, yeah, he don't, he not gonna, he's only going to play first down. Like that, like he might play short. Yeah, yardage. who knows how much he's gonna play at yeah. all? I mean, and plus, one thing I did hear um, when he when he uh, interviewed, he talked about just getting in better shape. Like that's mm-hmm. one thing they gonna understand. Like getting in better shape. Um, people don't know in college, like every level you go, there's like people that are that are better than you. But 
it, you, it takes more energy because you're trying to play hard every play. In college, if you're bigger than somebody and you're playing the whole game, you can take four or five plays off. Like, you just be like, right, I'm going to just be in my gap, just play. But when you're trying to fight for a position and you're trying to keep you really going at it with top mm -hmm. of the food chain, you got to be in shape. So he, he said he got to get in better shape. So we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's about right. This next one is the one I'm most excited to see you guys mm -hmm. give your thoughts on. It is JOK, who we have as a collective unit, and I'll include DeQuell in this, have been down on, but Mike Clay, super high on entering next season. Mm. According to Mike Clay, how about 86% of snaps, 117 <sighs> tackles, one and a half sacks, and one interception? Lower. Thoughts. Wow. I mean, that would be a fantastic season for 117 tackles. The, the, I can't. The, the Browns would be the, – the Browns would be – that's AFC championship talk right I have there. To, I have to quell in my head right now. I know. I can't. However, I'm hoping – I do think – I've said this before. Yeah. I think, like, this system should play to his skill set perfectly. Yes, it is. If Jim Schwartz can't find a use for him, then he's useless. But I, that, I just – that's too – Far of a bridge for me to cross. Yeah, I, to I, I got to say worse than that. I'm with you. <sighs> this is tough. JOK's got to show you something. He got to. I, I got he, no he, faith he, because he'd be doing a lot of stuff. <clears throat> I'm, I'm gonna say it's a little worse than that. Um, I'm gonna give you that. But here's the thing. I think his sack numbers will go up because I think what you need to be using JOK is as they need to use him as a blitzer much more. Um, just for the simple fact that his speed. They need to be – he needs to be on quarterbacks like that. I think yeah. that, that uh, Joe Woods did him a disservice in yeah. putting him in coverage. But he doesn't have him projected with a lot of sacks, but a lot, that's a lot of tackles. That's a bunch of tackles. Man. And I, to be honest, I don't think he's going to be on the field like that on rundowns like that. Like, if, if it's a run, running yeah. play, I got I got Taki uh, Taki and what's the name? Anthony Walker in the game. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to mm. stay. And by the way, can he stay healthy that long? Yeah. 86% of the snaps? It's a lot. Well, you mentioned Anthony Walker. He's next up on our list. How about 65% of snaps for Walker, 94 tackles, one sack, one interception? All right. That's pretty close. I, I, I think that's right. He on. might hit 100 if he's healthy. He might. I'll, I'll take that, by the way. I'd sign for that. I'll take that from Anthony Walker. I'd sign for that. Yep. Yeah. Sure. All right, we're, all, yep. we're all neutral. We're all in agreement. Now. We'll move yep. on. Heading to the secondary now. Let's start with Denzel, uh, Greg Newsom, excuse me. Oh, we didn't get the Taki Taki, huh? There was not no, projections no. for Taki Taki, but we will go to Greg Newsom. He's got him playing every snap, basically. Essentially every wow. snap and getting his first career INT. Nah, bro. Uh, better, hope he's better than that at throwing out the first pitch. Nah, nah uh, bro. He's not going to play no every snap. Like, he got him playing every snap, bro. Like, that's not, he's a nickel guy. I, maybe he's playing 89% of the snaps. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm making noise doing this. Yeah, Steve was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> no, uh, uh, no, I, I think he – No, nah, he don't play all them snaps. I think the rest of the numbers are fine. I yes. just don't think he's going to play that much. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, he'll play a lot, but not 99% of the time. I'm going higher because the interceptions. I think he's going to have more than one. I just really? think yep. it's okay. like the league leader had like four last year. I think it was six. Oh, was it six? Guys are not getting interceptions like they used to. It's Ain't nobody just, jumping these routes like that. Yeah. Like, this, this is a big year for him. This huge. is a big year. Four yeah. players had six picks last year. How many? Four different players had six picks, and uh, ten had five or more. Okay. So, All right. Maybe we just don't get picks. Okay. <laughs> well, Greg Newsom has literally never had a pick. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to have eight, but one. Three. Field, I, uh, two. Two, two three. Okay. Two to All three. right. I'm going, I'm going neutral on Newsom. I'll go neutral if you want to say he's going to get two, three picks, but yeah, them, them, it's kind of, it, it's, he only missed the snaps. So yeah, I mean, yeah. he only missed the snaps. So I go push on the rest of it. All right. Next up, Denzel Ward, 97% of the snaps, 69 tackles, half a sack and three interceptions. For Denzel. See, this is hard because I don't think there's any chance in hell. He plays 97% At of all. the snaps, but the interceptions feel like they should be a little bit higher. Yeah. So. I, I want to see what I want to see what Denzel Ward is in his defense. I don't because last year they had him playing off coverage a lot, which I don't think that's his strong suit. Um, there's no way in hell he's playing that many snaps. He's gonna miss three games. He always does. He's gonna miss half of the hamstrings is already coming. You know what it is. He's gonna have a hamstring issue in, in camp. Uh, 
I don't think he's going to have no sack. If they're going to bring pressure, it'll be from Emerson or or from the nickel guy. Three interception is, I think, somewhere that, three to four. I think it's funny that you got a, a, a cornerback with a half a sack. Half a sack. Yeah. Half a sack. It's like your projection is that he blitzes and gets there at the same time as a defensive lineman. Right. Because um, he's not going to bring him down by Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. There's no way he plays 97. I mean, if he did, that'd be fantastic. If he plays 97% of the snaps, he's going to have eight or nine interceptions. Yeah, I agree. I think he's. I, I think the snaps and interceptions don't fit. Right. They don't if he's going to play that much, I'm expecting five, six interceptions at least. Yeah. And especially if you talk about defensive linemen and ramping up more pressure. Right. There's going to be more pressure, which means the quarterback's rushing more. You I don't know. know how to grade this here. I, here, uh, um, I'm going to do this because I don't think I think overall he's going to be better than those numbers. The fact, the fact that we've had multiple, I'm not quite sure, happy or sad means these are. Yeah, they have, we, we it, think overall he's done a good job. On. I mean, I, the only thing I've, I found him to be way off on to me was oboe. Yeah, yeah I, it's the only. Well, and and I, even uh, with the JOK offense, was a little. JOK was a high. Yeah, but but so even with low. the offense, I didn't think he was way off on anybody. I thought he was a little off on on Watson, but I, overall, I, I think he's been pretty good projections. I, I think he's been off on the snaps. Like, snap, snap percent. Well, I, I don't think he's projecting injury into any of this, which is why that's true. He's just saying if they play the whole assuming year, assuming everyone plays the whole. Okay. Season. That's fair. That's that, fair. Okay. I do believe that is where it's coming yeah. from, and that okay. kind of leads us to Martin. Well, then that makes sense because yeah, Denzel Ward would play that percentage if yeah. If he yeah. doesn't get hurt, yeah. And, and yeah, and it's like fantasy projection. You don't project, hey, guy's going to miss That's true. Games, That's so. a good point. Yeah. Out of 1,000 snaps if they played the whole season. Martin Emerson's up next. Uh, about 70% of the snaps, 57 tackles. There's that other half a sack, so uh, maybe we get a double well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Whatever, they're going to blitz. No, 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 cover cover zero, Obo. everybody's coming. They're blitzing at the same time. Obo had three and a half, so I'm just saying. Yeah, no, but a defensive lineman is much more likely to get a half a sack than a, than a corner. I so agree. Denzel has a half and Martin has a half. Yeah. What do you same think? Price. Two interceptions, 57 tackles. That's about right. I, I think that's about right. I think he's going to play way more. Why would he only play 70% of the snaps? I mean, he's an well, outside corner. Well, that's true. I actually didn't look at that. But we said we was not talking about snaps, right? Well, but. But I'm being I, realistic. But we're not talking about snaps in terms of injury. So if we're not, if there's no injury, I'm expecting him to play 98. So let's say in a base defense, a four-three. Yeah, defense. but he's a starter on on the base defense. See, well, this, but, this, but who, so, so Newsom's out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, but, no, no, me, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just asking because Mike Clay in these projections clearly yeah. had Newsom. Well, as he's the, wrong on that because Martin Emerson okay. is a dude. Martin Emerson yeah. is he's going to be. I'm, I'm not arguing. Yeah. I'm just just yeah, giving yeah, you guys yeah. where these numbers. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, th- I think people because Emerson is a third round pick and Newsom was a first round pick. It's kind of like yeah, they've kind of still got him on the same, but they're yeah. not on the they same are, level. Emer- I think Emerson could be really special. But the reality oh, yeah. is, you yeah. play three corners now most of the time. Yes. You know? So if em- so if- Emerson's going to play more sna- if he's healthy, Emerson's going to play more snaps than Newsom. That's why I, I was agree. like Newsom. If Newsom plays eighty nine percent of the snaps, that's about right. Yeah, right? I, I'm expecting. I would expect that to be Ward. The if they were all healthy, Ward the highest percentage, then Emerson, then Newsom. All right, I got to do I the think. same thing as, as last time because yeah, I yeah. do agree the snaps are low. I don't know what the upside down means, but it means I agree with one, yeah. and not the other. Next, it's Bulls' favorite player, Juan Thornhill. 971 I snaps. I got no beef with Juan Thornhill. I said he's your favorite all, player. He's just, again, you can't tell fans and media members. Like, again, with his comments yesterday, again, I love that he's positive. I love that he wants to change the culture. He's like, well, Chiefs fans expect to win. Browns fans don't. We got to have that. Well, Chiefs have won the freaking Super Bowl. Of course their fans expect to win. Browns threw a parade for expect- a win this season. Yeah, how Browns do you expect fans. Browns fans to expect to win? I said he's your favorite. Juan player. Thornhill showed up there after they had already been good. So yeah, of course they they have a, a more positive attitude. I wasn't poking the bear there. I was just saying you guys. I, I think guys these are numbers friends. are accurate. These are spot on. I think they're spot on. This is what I expect from him. That one. I actually expect him. To, you know what? I actually think he's going to do better than that. I think he'll have more tackle. I actually think he'll have more tackles, but not three he interceptions. Better not have more tackles. We start getting to the range that we did last year with yeah, the safeties. You got true. problems. I think he'll have a few more than that. I think. I, I but, see, I, but I think it's pretty pretty dead on. He got some good ball skills. Uh, I think he may have around 80, 80 tackles, yeah. give or take. Give or take, maybe uh, you know that half a sack. I, I, he's a DB. But he will play the majority of snaps, um, and that, yep. that, this looks good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty spot on. This looks good. Yeah. We have two more, two yeah. final safeties, then we'll move on Grant. to our next topic. Grant Delpit. Also, very similar numbers here to what Thornhill. More tackles, 94 tackles, 
but also half a sack and three interceptions. He had four last year. I don't see both safeties having three. I, I don't. I don't see six interceptions from the two safeties. I see Grant Delpit. I see Grant Delpit with a, a sack and a half, but um, maybe two interceptions. But the tackles look spot on. Yeah, I mean, I think overall this is right there. I think it's right there. Yeah, I agree. I don't see. I don't think you're getting six picks out of the two yeah, safeties. No, probably not. About but. two. Two, maybe. I'd, I'd take four. I'd so be he's got four. from the three starting corners and the two safeties. He's got what? He got, how many t- interceptions did he have for Ward? Four? Three for Ward. So one not, for Newsom. Nine, ten. Two for Emerson. So 12 interceptions from the five not top count. guys. And we have McLeod. McLeod's our last one on this list. Well, but he's not going to play that much. He did. Uh, okay, we'll what see. does he got Let's him for? Let's take the last one, Steve. McLeod, he has to play about 50% of snaps. All right, so he's got 13 interception. interceptions from the secondary, essentially. And then a I don't got from, a problem with that one. One or two from linebackers, a couple from the linebackers. Yeah, I mean, that you might get he, Actually, to be truthful, I'll give him credit for this. This is about. I mean, he did is, a really good job. Yeah, I, I think is, they're all um, pretty. I know, think that's a little high, but who cares? We're splitting hairs. Now. Yeah, I don't know that he's. I don't know safety. that he's playing 45% of the snaps. I agree. I don't think I, he I, he's old. Grant, Grant Delpit is known to miss a game, too. Yeah, but again, <laughs> he's not factoring. If he's not, if you're not factoring in injury. Well, I am. Well, then he might play that percentage because yeah. there'll be games that Delpit won't okay, play. Okay, even if you miss two games, you're still not playing 45% of the no, snaps for the year. You usually don't play more than two safeties Mm-mm. that much in Mm-mm. a game, right? I mean, you play multiple corners, but. A Schwartz could get exotic, though, with some yeah, different so. packages. They have versatility now. I just think he's really old. He is. He was productive last year, though. He really but he was, was productive. productive. I, but think, I think Rodney Cl- McLeod will be more beneficial to this team Monday through Saturday than he will be on Sundays. But I, I, I do think he'll be productive in a limited role. Like, but I don't expect him to play 45%. Like, but I think at 25 30% of the place, he can be productive yeah. in that yeah, sure. in that vein. But I also agree with you that he'll be very helpful helping the guys in the secondary learn During the, the system. Week. Film sessions, Coach getting up, guys lined up, helping on the practice yeah. field. Just seeing that, just running through those names. Yeah. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm not really concerned about the Browns defense. I'm still concerned about the, the linebackers. I, I'm a little I, I, still. but I, mean, I, I think they got a ton of talent on the D-line and, and hey, the secondary. After what we saw last year, yeah. until they do it, I'm very concerned. Mm-hmm. Until we see proof on the field. But the reality is the D-line should be good and yes. the secondary should be good. 100%. Linebacker yes. is still a big question mark. Yes. We don't know that any of those guys can play. But really. as we talked about before, if you have to be weak in one spot in a Schwartz defensive scheme, right. linebacker is where you want to be weak. Yeah. You want to be Most strong Most of the time you're only playing two linebackers yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Mikey. All right, real quick, we're going to do one more very, very, very quick football topic, then we'll move on to some cats. But this yeah. next thing is brought to us by the USFL. Family-friendly fun for everybody. They are home in Canton the next three weeks with Boogie. $10 tickets. Check them out at USFL.com. Real quick, five minutes tops. The NFL announced this week that they are now allowing Thursday night football games to be flexed. So, theoretically just late speaking, this season. just weeks 12 through 17. In theory, that means the Browns-Jets game scheduled for Thursday night could be flexed out of Thursday or any of the Browns games between weeks 12 and 16 could be flexed into Thursday night with 28 days notice. Players are very against this. They have been outspoken for a long time against Thursday night football games in general. What are your guys' thoughts on the ability to flex in and out Thursday night football games, and does it have any impact on a team's overall outlook on a schedule? Jason? Uh, I don't. I don't like it from the player's perspective. I understand why from the fans and television, it makes perfect sense because we've had a lot of dud Thursday night games and all they care about is ratings and money. They don't care about the players. They've made that abundantly clear and the players keep rolling over during negotiations and don't do anything about it. So this is what you get. Uh, I, I logistically, I think it's miserable for teams and coaches to have multiple short weeks. You know, there was a time where it was just, you had one Thursday night game and you kind of got through it, pushed through and then everything else went sort of back to normal. Now to be forced with possible potential multiple Thursday night games, I think yeah. sucks for the teams and the players. But from the league's perspective, it's better ratings and more money. So yeah. that's why they're doing it. And, man, you know, some, sometimes it's all about the way you coach it up. 
um, we there was a, a coach uh, and a team psychologist that used that came in and talked to some of the guys, and this is like this is later on after my brother was playing, and they talked about um, making sure that you were mentally prepared for certain things, like. If you are playing on Thursday night and you think it's going to be a burden, it's going to be terrible, like you're not going to go out and play well. And there's a lot of teams that go out on Thursday night and don't play well because they they don't embrace what it is. Like at the end of the day, you know you're going to have to play on Thursday night. And the coaching staff has to not put negative thoughts like, hey, you know, this sucks for us. We're going to have to, you know, we got a quick turnaround. People shouldn't even be saying that. What they should be doing is trying to manage it and try to put stuff in on two tracks, whether that means, hey, we're, for the next three weeks, we're going to be preparing for our, our opponents, but we're also going to be putting in place for the Thursday night game in a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, so we're doing multiple things. Maybe, hey, guys, we're not going to be running you. We're not going to be doing certain things to keep you fresh, but you just have to manage it because like Jason said, like, it ain't going back. Yeah. It ain't, they not no. about to stop, so you just got to adjust. No. Uh, by the way, this barely passed. It needed 24 votes to pass. It got exactly 24. It was 24 to 8. The Browns voted for it. So you can blame Jimmy. Uh, I think the Bengals were the only team in the division that voted against it. The Giants voted against it. I think the Jets did. I mean, we've had some really bad Thursday night games. Okay, yeah. to me, guys, this is a no-brainer. This is great, okay? But I think a lot of people's first reaction is, oh, my God, what if you bought tickets to a Sunday game and now it's a Thursday Okay, first of all, the majority of people don't go to games. The majority, I, it seems sometimes we're so obsessed with the people at the games. The majority of football fans never go to games. Never. Most football fans never go to games. That is actually true. Okay, that's number one. Number two, we all watch those night games most yeah. of the time. I want a good game. I don't want to see some shitty game late in the year. The Thursday night games a lot of times suck. Okay, yeah, for the players, it can stink that you... It's not like you're finding out the Sunday before that it's moving up. You, they're going to have to decide it, I think, three weeks before. You can, they can't put the same team on there too many times. I think it's only one that can be added. So it's not like you can add that many. And not every player hates Thursday because, the, the yes, it's a short turnaround. However, the Thursday also gives you an, a, kind of an extra buy. It's yeah. a little bit buy. Uh, Brandon Stokely, I was talking to him recently. I was like, how much do you hate Thursday night games? He goes, I love the Thursday night game. He goes, you know, maybe the running backs hated or maybe the linemen. I loved it as a wide receiver because I felt like All right, I was ready to go by Thursday. And now I got another. He thought of it as another buy. So to me, yeah, there's a small percent. A lot of the players don't like it, but they they knew the deal. They knew Thursday night football. They've agreed to everything. As you said, I don't I don't roll at this over point, time. Listen, when the players didn't know the 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 negative side effects about concussions when that stuff was being hidden. Yeah, I got the sympathy for you. The players know the deal now. They know the dangers. They know the Thursday night. They agreed to that. They agreed to 17 games. And you know what? It's going to go to 18 games at some point. And they're going to agree to that too because they make more money when these things happen and they want more money. So that's it. To the 1% of fans that are going to get screwed because they can't go to that Thursday night game and they bought tickets for Sunday night game. Tough noogies. Hey, the rest of us want to watch good games. And, and that's why, after you said all that, I yeah. don't have no problem yeah. if a player says, if it's voluntary, I'm voluntarily not showing up for that. Because that, if, if, if you want to go to 18 games, seven, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to be no team captain. Yeah. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be Captain Kirk trying to save the world. Yeah. I'm going to show up when you tell me to show up because you, that's what you pay me to do. And, and by the way, some, when I talk, something I talked about in my podcast that is the one rule they might change in these sports that would make it would be so much better for the NFL and for the players. And it would be, be this this I think would help TV also. I don't know why they didn't do it when they went to 17 games. I've been screaming about this for two years. And if they go to 18 games, I feel like they have to. You got to have double bye weeks. Oh, I, I don't know. That's a no brainer. And you'd make the season longer. That's more product for the TV market. That's, that's a no brainer. And less time off between baseball and football. They had double bye weeks back in the day. Yeah. And I don't know what the reason was for going the, away the from that. I think the only argument I heard, Albert Breer once said that the TV networks were worried that there'd be some weeks where there'd be not enough good games. However, right now, you have most weeks, there's four teams on a bye, right? Mm -hmm. Some weeks, it's. Uh, so there's like one or two weeks where it's six teams and then it's mostly four. Well, if you went to double buys now, remember 
you can't if, if you went to double by an 18 game say in theory that's a 20 week season yep so that's three more weeks than you current oh no, no right now you play 18 weeks so that'd be two more weeks of, of product now you can't have a buy weeks 17 18 19 20. one because it's an unfair advantage for a team to get one that late right before the playoffs and two this may sound stupid but this is a huge industry you would totally destroy uh season-long fantasy football if you had bye weeks at the end of the season because you can't have bye weeks in fantasy football playoffs it would screw up fantasy football and like it or not whether you're not in fan- fantasy is a huge part of football and its popularity yeah but i don't think they care about that because there's no they don't draw any revenue off it if it was gambling if it impacted but gambling, that is gambling no but the league doesn't get money the league doesn't get a cut from I, it they, so so well okay. don't they have all these deals with fan duel and all these other things that's what people do a lot yeah of that stuff. yeah but i i don't think it's the fantasy. I get, so, I, so players can't play fantasy football they can oh sure they can i'll say you can play fantasy okay i think so i mean it's i'm gambling. sure they do fantasy is gambling well, if you have money on the line, there's leagues yeah. that don't have any money on yeah. the line. I see, I see what you're saying. Like, because when you win. I'm saying the league the, the league, league cares about you. the league's pocket. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. But that affects their gambling partners, I think. I think it does. At, but anyway, I don't think they're going to have buys late in the season anyway. But you could, if you did buys week four, if you had a 20-week season, and you did buys week four through 16, mm-hmm. you'd have some weeks with four, and then you'd have more weeks with six. Even with six teams on a bye, that's still 13 games. There's right. enough good Man. games there. Well, you know what's so crazy as you mentioned this? The NFL is brilliant. What they realize is, all right, as long as we can keep quarterbacks healthy, right. it don't matter about nobody else. That's, that's true. And guess that's what? all that matters. <laughs> that's all that and matters. you can't hit them. Yeah. They're not going to be tired. Yeah. And they're going to be ready to go and, on Thursday and, night. And I don't, I don't buy the whole not enough good games to go around because look at the ratings for slapdick college bowl games doesn't matter against two teams that you've never heard of watch them all the time the ratings are still through the right nfl gets great ratings for everything they get they get better ratings for the draft than most sports get for their games so i mean they'll watch it doesn't matter what you crap out on the field with 13 games there's still plenty of good matchups every week and it and the players would be it would be good that'd be huge for the players to have a second bye and you know, so you you know, it'd be tricky. You got to figure it out. I think you got to cut another preseason game at that point. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, the, I'd play one preseason game. And the, I mean, the veteran players don't need the preseason. No. Don't the Browns got five? This they got year? four. Four? Four because of the Hall. Because they're in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. But you definitely go down to at least two. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.